Um, my name is Debbie Doty, uh, and I am the um, Deputy Regional Director for Africa for Medical Teams International. We're a relief and development organization based in Portland, Oregon. Uh, we're about 30 years old. Uh, we do both uh, relief and long-term development, and we send out volunteer uh, medical professionals also to join in our efforts and work with our partners in uh, health programs. And today I wanted to share some thoughts on indicators of transformation. And, um, I, I, you know, we all come from different kinds of perspectives and understanding, well, what are we talking about? Uh, what are, why do we have to have indicators? What is transformation? And I know that um, sometimes it can be uh, kind of confusing. And we're, we're, as I can see, that we're all on a journey and discovering what that is, what that looks like. Um, and so I would invite you into this journey. It's not that I have it figured out or that anybody has it figured out, but I think it's a journey on really understanding what is transformation, especially spiritual transformation. How does that relate to long-term development? Um, and what do we need to be doing about that? So um, it's a, and I just invite you into that journey today. Uh, indicators of transformation, of evaluating holistic development programs. Um, I was really, when I looked and considered this, I said, where, where do we start? What, what is our basis when we look at indicators of transformation? And I really think it is um, the basis of really what almost Christ uh, talked about in his, his kind of his mission statement. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to let the oppressed go free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I think that has a whole lot compacted into it, but I would just um, have us refer to that, and that's kind of a, a basis from which we'll, we'll go forward. I thought, well, there's a few questions we could consider in this topic. What is transformational development? Why do we need to evaluate? Because if you're going to have indicators, that means you're evaluating something. What are indicators? How do we measure transformation? And in the end, what will it mean? So I, I think that with uh, the group here, there may be people in different um, journeys, uh, you know, and where you are in serving and ministry. Um, and I know that I can see my friend back there <laughs> who's been working in development for a long time. So I, I just invite everybody into this journey. Please participate uh, in that, and um, we'll learn together. What is transformation? It really comes from this, uh, this word metamorphosis. metamorphosis uh, a process of radical change. The thing I want to fo focus on is that radical change. Uh, it derives from the Greek word metamorphoso, um, which means to change from one degree of glory to another with ever-increasing glory. Uh, it's the equivalent of that caterpillar who goes through an amazing transformation, comes out as a butterfly. It's not just reformation. It does not merely tinker with society. It changes it from the inside out, from the heart. Uh, it operates at the heart level. And I was, I remember when I was young, I worked at a Christian camp, and at a certain time of the year, I would go walk through the woods to work in the camp, and there'd be these little, what we called woolly bears. 
you know, they're little brown and white caterpillars, and they'd be crossing the road, and I'd be trying to save them as they crossed the road because I didn't want them to get smashed. But they weren't going to stay caterpillars. They were going to transform. They were going to change into something totally different. And that's the idea of transformation, a radical change. Well, then, what is development? If we're talking about uh, transformation, what is development? Um, I really like this, um, this comment here about development. We must remember that development is not a product, but a process. It is not a solution, but a way by which each community can create an evolving and unique pattern to achieve a more just and lasting future. Um, this came out of a book by, uh, called Just and Lasting Change by Carl Taylor. And Carl Taylor, an amazing um, medical person, but also an amazing um, uh, Christian. And um, he was trying to capture what, what that is about. I, I suggest or encourage you to read uh, Just and Lasting Change. It has lots of really great principles in it. But it's a process. Um, you know, and so when we're talking about indicators, we have to remember that it's a process. And when we measure or look at those indicators and we evaluate, we may only capture one part of that process. It may be a longer process. But we want to know what and understand what that process might be. Now, we often hear about human development. Well, how does, what does that have to do with spiritual transformation? Um, and human development, as it's been defined, is just enlarging people's choices so they can live a long and healthy life, be educated, have access to resources for a decent, decent standard of living, enjoy political, economic, social, and cultural freedoms, and have human rights, self-esteem, opportunities for being creative and productive. Now, when you read that statement, what comes to mind? Do you see some comparisons there with gospel stories? Do you see comparisons there about what God would have for our lives? Yet this is what we would term coming out of the development, uh, the secular development world. What is development? And yet that's the essence of what our life is really about, to have a long and healthy life. But this is, this is what we t- determine as human development. And if you look at the Human Development Index, the Poverty Index, our Millennium Development Goals, they're all going to have uh, indicators or things that they are looking for that say, yep, uh, this, the, these people are, are in a point of development. They're at this point or this level or there are certain things about them that we know um, that are changing and so they're developing. It's, it's a type of change. Development is a change. But changing into what? There's a whole list of human development, um, these uh, dimensions of human development that are listed. I'm not going to go through them all. But again, if you think about those, put a, put a biblical lens on this. Um, what I want to challenge us with today is to think about that we don't just have development here and then we tack on spiritual indicators here. That what we're talking about is everything. It's all together. It's intertwined. There isn't really a difference between those. And so we can't say, oh, well, they're doing development and we're doing mission work. It has to be together. That's the way God created it. That's God's design. What is spiritual transformation? Let's look at some scriptures here. 2 Corinthians 3.18. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.15 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And Colossians 3, 
9 and 10. You have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. I'd like us to take a moment now when we're thinking about your own journey, your own spiritual journey that you're on and transformation. I want you to just take a moment to go back and do some reflection on what that has meant. What does that mean in your life from the moment that maybe you've been introduced to Christ or maybe you're exploring that or you have, you know, you have several years of, of walking with the Lord. But what has changed? Because I think if we look at transformation, we can't say, oh, well, that's transformation out there for those people. And we'll define it. Transformation has to really come from our in, uh, inside us to know how God has been working in our lives. So I'm just take a couple uh, minutes here to, to, for you to contemplate what change has come about in my life since I met Christ or on this spiritual journey that I'm on. Okay, would anybody like to share some thoughts on that? I'll go first. Um, just to share, this this comes back to the time when I, I uh, was in high school. And I um, accepted Christ when I was about 10 years old. But was, was in high school is when I really decided that I was going to live my life for Christ. And I'd already... Um, had uh, uh, been accepted to go to Western Washington State College, and I was going to become a physical therapist, and I was ready to go. I had my dorm assignment. And something in my time with the Lord, maybe it was watching those woolly caterpillars go across the road as I went to work that summer before college, but I thought, you know, that's not the direction that I feel like God wants me to go. And I totally changed and went to um, Bible college. And that has made all the difference. But it was because Christ was working in my heart to say, no, if you go this direction, you you know, I can see that there's going to be things in my life that are not going to be honoring to him, that I needed this balance in my life. That was a change. That was a big change. It kind of upset my family <laughs> that I was going to go do that. But that has made all the difference, that one little thing. But that was based on my relationship with Christ. Other changes that you've, you know, you've seen in your life. Anybody? I can speak for myself. Sure. Um, I'm hoping to go to uh, a Muslim country, and I, uh, just seeing how God has changed and been working in my life, being a very independent single woman, and um, feeling like, you know, I want to start how to change my age higher and to, to take care of myself, and then realizing that in this context. I'm seen as like really odd and not um, the norm, and I definitely have to depend on teammates and other things to to uh, survive, and also most importantly, depend on God, um, as my self worth cannot be in my own abilities, and so Mm. certainly not there yet. But to see how He's brought me from like really, really independent to recognizing that my self worth needs to come from Him, not from anything that I can do. Okay, right, and that's really kind of a big step in changing. You and your focus and what you're going to do. Mine was a bit of change in vocation. Yours is almost in your identity and looking at yourself uh, dependent on God. Okay. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, I I grew up in a Christian home, 
personal journey with Christ was also in high school. And in thinking about the term transformation, I remember Romans 12, I think it's 12, be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I really had to kind of take a stand in high school for my beliefs. And at times I kind of felt ostracized, but I recognized through going on different mission trips and things that by beholding, we become changed too. By beholding the face of Christ and the starving children and the people that don't have homes overseas, like I really decided that in becoming transformed into what God wants me to be, part of that mission is going to be reaching out to others. And I think that makes my spiritual life more vivid and, and more alive. And I, I really find identity, as our colleague was saying up here, in, in service. So it just it drives it. It's self-perpetuating. The more I serve, the more I want to serve, the closer I become to God. Okay, and that's kind of a transforming process, isn't it? Process. We're not there yet, but we're on that journey. Okay, yes, please. Uh, actually, mine is almost the same like yours. Uh-huh. I went to Western Michigan University to get a bachelor in sociology, and then I get accepted to go with some of graduate school to do my master's. And somehow, I thought about my own life. Then I make what I make, I call it a U-turn. Mm-hmm. Um, go to Grand Rapids Theological Seminary, do a master's in Christian education. Ah. I'll be done in four weeks. And before that, I went back to Sudan and taught for three months. With me teaching those people were like Christians and other people, it just changed my life. Um, I want to be a sociologist, but now I'm looking at going back and be a Christian educator. You know, mm. Be able to teach. I'm not a pastor, but you know, I could be someday, I don't know. But I'm so really into what I'm doing right now. And again, thinking back about my own life, how God has transformed me in the 80s up to now, it just gives me. Right. Yeah. So our our brother from Sudan talked about a U-turn. Yes, transformation can involve a (laughs) U-turn. Very good. I think that's a great, great uh, description. So we can identify that in our own life. So I want you to hold on to those moments. You know, when things changed, or you said, "No, I value relationships," or "I'm going to conform myself more to the image of Christ," or "I'm going to be more compassionate," or, you know, um, "I want to see uh, be involved in kingdom work." All those little things along the way—a process of transformation in that journey. Well, transformational development. I want to go through some definitions or descriptions here. Uh, because I think it's really important for us to kind of look at the scope of that. And this is, this is probably going to be something that you need to look at yourselves. Again, I, I invited you on this journey and for you to define what that is yourself. Because to be involved in other person's lives, uh, you need to have a great, uh, we have to have a good understanding of what that is. Transformational development. Transformational development is progressive, permanent, God-intended change. In restricted contexts, uh, it can be defined as follows, progressive, permanent development to full potential. So development to full potential, but focus on, on those words of progressive, permanent, God-intended change. And I think that's what we've all we've identified here, God-intended change, transformational. Transformational development, I believe, also talk is a, uh, deals with shalom. I want to recommend a book called Bridging the Gap 
Um, it's Evangelism, Development, and Shalom by Bruce Bradshaw. Uh, it, he just has a wonderful description of really what whole, uh, wholeness and completeness in Christ is like. What, what is shalom, the, the state that uh, we, we experience? Shalom symbolizes the presence of a creator who works to restore the entire creation to fulfill the purposes for which he created it. Again, restore the purposes for which he created it. Holistic Christian development characterized by Shalom recognizes that the gospel has present and future tenses, the kingdom here and to come. Shalom describes a state of wholeness and holiness possessed by individuals and communities as they become part of the greater community of faith. Shalom, as it addresses poverty, oppression, and injustice, is the medium that comprises the liberating message of a development approach that is both Christian and holistic. And again, I want you to, to get this idea of development is not one of the, something that's done over there, and then we do our Christian activities over here. It is our walk. It is our personal transformation. It is what we want to see in those that we serve. Transformational development. Transformational development is a process, again that word, by which people become whole. It is characterized by growth, change, and learning. The direction of development is always toward completeness. Isn't that comforting? Because sometimes we don't feel like that in our personal journey. Or if you're doing development work, sometimes you feel like it's falling all apart. And you have to trust that that process is moving towards completeness. And again, I'll just go through these rapidly because I don't want to spend a lot of time on, on reading them all, but just bring out some highlights here. It should be rooted in the theology of the mission of the kingdom of God and seeks to express the lordship of Jesus over every aspect of life. It also uh, represents and reflects Jesus and his kingdom in the hope that those in poverty will taste true life, full and abundant, out of John 10.10. Because God's purpose and design for human existence implies spiritual transformation, development theories and programs that do not address the individual's personal relationship to Christ are inadequate. And I think this this can be a dividing point in some places. Um, So I, uh, again, I, I... Invite you into that journey for you to decide and determine where are you going to hold, what's your anchor, what is the anchor. Um, I see this as an individual's personal relationship with Christ. Bryant Myers, um, who had uh, worked with World Vision, um, has a wonderful book. Again, another uh, book that I would recommend, Walking with the Poor. Um, many of you have probably read it, but it's Principles and Practices for Transformational Development. And it seems to be everything that you read has quoting Bryant Myers um, and just has a wonderful way of um, putting it all together. Uh, he talks about changed people and just and peaceful relationships, realizing true identity. So we've, we've seen an expression of that today. True vocation, that you turn, this is where I'm going. Uh, as faithful and productive stewards of the gifts of, from God for the well-being, again, well-being of all. It's a continuous process of profound, again, that radical change, the caterpillar turning into the butterfly, and holistic change, all of us, whoops, all of us. 
And it's all brought about by the work of God. And it needs to be consistent with the principles and values of the kingdom of God. Transformation is a change from a condition of human existence contrary to God's purposes to one in which people are able to enjoy the fullness of life in harmony with God. It's deeply rooted change. It's wholeness of life under God's ordinances. Spiritual transformation is the restoring of our relationship with God through work, uh, belief in Christ, his work on the cross, and is at the heart of transformational development. So we've all talked about, wow, all these things are going on in our life, and yet, and we've looked at some moments in our personal life of transformation and markers. Um, but often I find that there's a tension between mission who says, well, you know, we really we're just trusting the sovereignty of God and, you know, talking about what God is doing is more um, anecdotal. It's more let's tell stories of God at work, but we don't want to confine God by evaluating what he's doing. You know, it's it's um, evaluation is often looked at like, well, um, we are putting uh, limits on God. Um, we want to trust the sovereignty of God. And so there has been um, a feeling of moving away from that evaluation and having really just tell stories but don't really track change. What was before? What exists now? What do we want to see? In other words, putting a bit of science into transformation. And, and that's where I see... Uh, we're kind of bringing these two things together because God is at work. Why, why do we need to evaluate? Why do we need to measure? Why would we want to have indicators of transformation? There's some thoughts out there? Okay, good. Best practice. Uh-huh. Knowing that we're doing best practice, following best practices. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which way are we going here? Uh-huh. They're really moving that direction. Yes, in the back. We're called to be stewards, good stewards. Uh-huh. How do we know what's good stewards? What's good stewardship? Okay. Yeah. Okay, good. Just allocation of future energy. Ah. It's a, a bit of efficiency, but... Right. How can we align what we have, right? Is that what you're talking about? Resources and... Uh-huh. Yeah. He was stirring the talents. Um, they knew how many talents they had, so... Okay. Yeah, yeah. Good. I know. If you go back through Scripture, you will see many counting. You will see many indicate, uh, many numbers. And sometimes we don't want to put numbers on God, but it's in, it's in Scripture. Yes, over here. Yes, absolutely. To recognize that God's at work. Uh huh. Funding issues um, very much tied to Okay, right. To report on what's being done and how it's, it is a, a related to that stewardship. How has that investment uh, expressed itself? Another tension point we have with evaluation is, oh my, we're being judged. And I, I find that this can be a challenge in the, you know, in the groups, uh, places that we work. Um, if you mention the word evaluation, everybody gets very nervous. 
oh, these ex, these people from the outside are going to come in and they're going to start with their little checkbook, uh, check boxes, and they're going to check how we're doing. And then everybody is very nervous about that and they, they feel like it's a some sort of a critique. But really, when we look at it, evaluation can be affirmation. So kind of want to uh, frame it that way. Think about that. Evaluation can be affirmation. So why do we evaluate? Here are some ideas that I, I want to share some of it fit in with what you've said. To tell the story of what God is doing. Help the community identify what they have achieved with God's help. Get feedback to learn what is working and what can be improved. <coughs> Guidance for decision making. Build on the successes for the future. Document change and improvements for reporting to partners, donors, stakeholders. Build ownership in what follows. Sustainability. Just a description. Uh, a friend of mine has been working in Cambodia, and um, in fact, uh, we're going to do some case studies here. And, and um, the process, uh, one of them that you will have an opportunity to look at. Um, you know, he said along the way, if they had not done, quote, the evaluation affirmation, everything would have rested on him as the missionary and external person. But along the way, because it was a participatory process, all the decision-making was with the community, and eventually they owned the project and decided his future. And he could step back because that they were in God's process of change. So you see, evaluation can also be very instrumental in what we call sustainability and ownership. Okay. How do we evaluate? And, and here are just a few tools that I want to suggest. Um, you can go online and find out more about these, but I think it's nice to have some tools. How do we, what are tools that we can use to evaluate? What is God doing? What has happened in this community? How has health improved? Um, you know, uh, all those different things that we looked at as, as human development. Well, maybe how did those things change? What we need some tools to, to measure those. And most of these deal more with what we call quant, uh, qualitative change rather than quantitative, although I believe, too, that we can pull out um, quantitative indicators of change as well that are transforming. Um, but these are just a few tools. Uh, participatory learning and action, um, participatory rural appraisal. They're somewhat the same. Uh, holistic community appraisal, uh, appreciative inquiry. Appreciative inquiry is looking at the assets rather than what the needs are. It's an approach to uh, assess what are the assets, what is what is already existing there, and then what's the gap and how is the gap going to be met. Uh, focus group discussions. Again, bringing people together, listening to stories, and pulling out of those essential information. Uh, Semi-structured interviews. Uh, a wonderful one that I um, think is really great for finding out how transformation, transformational development has happened in communities is most significant change. Asking communities, well, what has changed since this project started or at what point are you evaluating? What has changed? And then out of all of those things, began to call on different groups and say, okay, but what is the most significant change? And then out of that group of change, what is the most 
significant out of that group until you get down to very strategic or very um, identified changes. And then you can ask questions around that. Well, why did those things change? Why, how did that make a difference in your life? Uh, what do you want to do now that you've seen that change? So it's a way to elicit information. It's participatory, and it also gets it brings it from the community because transformation, I think, has to come from how the community identifies that. We don't prescribe it. We describe it, and these are tools that help us describe it. Uh, holistic worldview analysis uh, and transformative evaluation. Frank Cunningham of World Vision uh, has evaluation where the, the, the people who participate in the evaluation on both sides are transformed through the process of what they learn. Okay, um, let me see. I'd like every uh, divide up into maybe how many groups do I have here? Um, Looks like we had got enough for maybe five different groups of people. I'm going to pass out some uh, case studies. And, and, again, this is learning. This is a journey talking about what are indicators of transformation. So if you could get into small groups, um, let me see how many people do we have here. Probably, I don't know, five to eight people in a group. Um, and then I will give you a case study, and we're going to go this through this pretty quickly. Some of the case, uh, the reading that needs to be done just Go through it quickly. Try to pull out the points. And then what I want you in your group to do is to share with me what you've discovered were are indicators of transformation out of these case stories. So are there any, any questions? Okay. Since I'm wired, would somebody mind helping to pass these out? So just get in groups of maybe five um, to eight people and you can just hand one out to each group. Okay, and you just read through the, the story that's there and then identify somebody to report and we're going to look for indicators of tra indication of transformation. Okay, let's let's come together and just in the interest of time. And um, I heard this group over here. You were the first finishers, so how about you want to report first? Um, what did you find? Just share with the rest of the group here. Um, what did you find? Things that changed, indicators of change, transformation, and and describe a bit of your story to give a, a little bit of a background. So our story was. Telling about a group called Opportunity International, and it told a specific story of uh, a village in Malawi. And Opportunity International does uh, small micro loans and, and help people with development that way. And it told a specific story about a woman that had low self-esteem and, and really uh, didn't think too much of herself and her ability to do anything in, in the world. And, and through the micro loan program, she changed. And, um, the transformations that we noticed, uh, there's a lot. I mean, I don't know how many 
circles of 20 or 25 or so. But there were sort of three categories. One was external, so better houses, better clothes, uh, better schools, um, those kinds of things. Uh, and then there were internal changes. So, so through the microloan program, she developed uh, more self-confidence. Uh, she felt like she could actually accomplish things. Um, uh, and she had uh, more, uh, she felt like she was equal to others. Uh, and then it felt like there was another category that was uh, even more than the internal change, which was a spiritual change. She actually had faith and hope and uh, felt like uh, she was created in the image of God. And so the external changes, internal changes, and then even beyond that, spiritual changes. So okay, very good. Thank you. Um, yes, yeah, so let's go to the group in the back. We had a case study about a, a group called Life in Abundance that relates to a church in Ethiopia uh, that was struggling to find relevance in its community. There was persecution of the pastor um, and financial woes. The pastor had to take out some mortgages. It seemed to be on the brink of failure. The Life in Abundance group came in with financial support, but also with holistic ministry. Extended in the community and provided um, care so much so that it was recognized as a place of love and care for the community. So it was an the community and ministry to the Some of the particular ways that they reached out there were AIDS outreaches, um, there was kindergartens, educational outreach for children who needed it, otherwise couldn't have an outreach to the elderly. So in all stages of life, it seemed like they became relevant to the needs of the community. Uh, and then to describe that there was a three-year partnership with this life in the phase out of that um, partnership time, there was an ownership of the pastor was uh, described as being thriving. And it uh, seemed like the, the, uh, the people had really bought in to this holistic Okay, good. Good description. First, uh, the, the microfinance project in Malawi that had several uh, kind of groupings or themes of, of change, internal, external uh, types of change around them. And then the, the church who in Ethiopia that uh, became relevant, a change, relevant in their community overall, um, a, a big change there. Okay, um, the next group. <laughs> All right, thank you. Um, we were dealing with a community in, uh, development group in Cambodia. They said they started with a group that had been very devastated by the effects of the Khmer Rouge, where really people with initiative were systematically singled out. So they were starting with a group that was very dependent and uh, very hopeless. Um, we noted that the church had Engagement, there were decreased quarreling in the community, decreased domestic violence, 
Excellent. So that project in Cambodia, uh, a, a community that was hopeless, and yet look what they accomplished, both in the change within them individually in the church and um, their ability to produce and to have um, a means of, uh, you know, uh, finance and um, support economic de- development. So very good. So we see that change is happening in many different realms, and change is not just uh, a number change can be lots of other things as well. Okay, very good. Uh, this group. Yeah, we had a story about a, a person, so an individual, who um, was diagnosed not all countries, and it appeared as though it was an African country. Her name was Susanna. She was um, very ill. Eventually uh, she was diagnosed with HIV, and she came in contact with this project called the Kulam Musana Project, and it didn't say who ran this Kulam Musana Project. Okay, very good. A person who was in need physically uh, ill and uh, engaged with a program of care, got physical support, was able to take care of herself, was then able to get education for her family, and was introduced to Christ in that process. So we see several things along the way. And as you said, there, it, was a progress, it was a progression as well in that. that. Okay, the back group. to not only 
changing their focus of their, um, not their mission, but kind of their methodology and getting there. Um, there were a couple stories of changed lives, like personal testimonies of people that were impacted by this project. Um, it had an overall positive um, community impact at, at the end of, like when they were summarizing the whole project. Um, they kind of transformed in the sense they, they became providers in the end instead of taking the resources and taking the people of the community to, for their project, they started giving back to the community and the people were kind of taking ownership and working um, with their skills and strengths. Um, they had a journey in resolving several different conflicts and problems. They were able to overcome those things. And um, we really kind of got the sense that this community um, gained the ability through this experience to implement their own solution to felt needs that, that they experienced. So utilizing community strength um, in a process of transformation was Okay, very very good summary. And that was a, a big transformation from being in a very needy state and then at the end totally uh, realizing what they were able to accomplish and, and the ownership. And uh, just for a background, that did take about 10 years for that whole process to take place. Very good. And this uh, last group. Uh, well, the story uh, takes place in Zimbabwe and it's a nonprofit that works in the AIDS context, the AIDS crisis of Zimbabwe. The gal who started it worked envisioning pastors and um, church leadership about what they could do to care for orphans and um, people who are sick with, with AIDS. Then they would choose people from their congregation to train and they would do orphan care. Um, uh, they each had five homes that they would visit uh, on a monthly basis, and as the AIDS crisis continued, she only would go to those where the pastor wanted to come. It all came down through the church, and so it was, I think the most amazing thing was that it was the churches themselves that were, you know, receiving the training, doing the care, and then training others, so she made it a multiplicative thing, and it, it grew incredibly. They had 60,000 orphans being cared for the, you know. Okay. From zero to 60,000 is pretty amazing. Yeah. Change. Yeah. Okay, and then part of... Yeah, and they do that. They also mm-hmm. have preventative programs that they were teaching to the volunteers. Okay, so there were many different things that changed within that, and especially that empowering the, the local church and training them and then seeing that multiply through that. Okay, very good. I just want to quickly go through and sum up here and a, a few things. Um, this will just... I probably had more information here than I could, that could share, but what is an indicator? And we've all pulled them out here. It helps us understand where you are, where you are going, and how far you are from where you want to be. Um, it's a way to measure change from what was to what is and how it happened. Indicators are units of measurement which define in detail the performance level required by objectives. Indicators can be qualitative but are usually quantitative. We talked a lot about both of those in all of these examples. How do we measure transformation then? Well, I would like to propose some ways that we do that besides these tools. We join the community in their journey. In other words, it's, again, more of a descriptive process rather than prescriptive. 
rather than saying, okay, this is what we want to see, we see, we facilitate what, where the community is to going and, and support them in that. I'll elicit from the community what they want to, to change. Ask the community what is changing. And finally, ask the community what did change, why did it change or not change, what will they do differently as a result of this change, and along the way, we're sharing the good news and biblical truth. Indicators of transformation. And I'll just quickly summarize here. It's talking about how we are walking our journey at each stage of the process. So remember that we're only capturing when we, we evaluate God's process is not contained to a one-year or you know a three-year project and that transfer ta- transformation takes time. It's a process. These are some examples of indicators that I've pulled from different organizations. They're merely just to give you an idea because I think one of the hardest things is sometimes to identify, but in each of these stories, you've looked at what some of those indicators could be. But um, different organizations pull out what is important to them. So again, it's a journey. It's something that you need to decide in your organization, in your ministry, in your mission, how you want to go about this. But capturing that transformation is really important because we want to tell the story of what God has done. Um, holistic worldview analysis. And Debravi, I think you probably already <laughs> presented on this. But this is an excellent um, uh Example of looking at things that uh, how to describe what's going on in the community, what changed in the community. And the community is the author of that. The community describes that. Uh, Some other indicators of transformation using something called the transformation lens. Identified seven areas out of Genesis 1 through 3. Dignity, authority, security, adequate provision, purpose, hope, meaning, freedoms, appropriate boundaries, authentic relationships, and then there is actually a diagram here that goes with that transformational lens. Um, World Vision's transformational development indicators, you can Google this and come up with their their indicators. They're very child-focused, and so their organization has identified certain indicators that they're looking for uh, of transformational development. There are some that are quantified, percent of households uh, with access to improved water, but then they come down here, and it's we've we've got something that's maybe more uh, uh, qualitative. Communities emergence of hope. Well, that would be exhibited in what? We'd probably have to have a way to describe that. Um, again, this is a Che Network. Che Network has uh, community uh, health evangelism. Also has identified indicators of transformation into these categories: shared vision, leadership, ownership, cooperation. So we go through and we see different um, organizations that have come up with different indicators. Some of them are very simple. Personal empowerment, responsibility, community revitalization, uh, character abundance, empowerment, service, uh, food for the hungry, talk about reconciliation of people to God, people with themselves, people with their neighbors, people with the rest of creation. I'd like to end on this thought. Uh, we are transformed, transformed by be- not by better methods or even good projects, but changed by the power of God and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, which leads to better projects, better development, and better community. And I think that gives us a really good perspective on that. And as we uh, go out, I just would like us to pray together the Lord's Prayer. 
after studying these indicators of transformation, when I said that prayer again, it had entirely different meaning. So let's close together, and if you would say the Lord's Prayer together with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come on earth as as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and give us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you very much.